Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Dylan Holman and joining me is seasoned trader Henry Ward who has over 10 years experience in the markets. Hello everyone, how are you? The podcast has a simple format which we see us talking about the top three financial stories in the news. This week we're looking at indices, so we've got the China 50, the UK 100, otherwise known as the FTSE 100 and the NASDAQ. First things first though, Henry, as we always do, how have you found the week? Look, this week's been been very, very good. If you're if you are bullish on US dollar, it's massively spiked over the last couple of days. It's something that I have been looking and sort of waiting for to happen, and it has now happened. So if we get if we get this dollar strength, the dollar generally gets stronger for months and months and months. So what this could be really interesting. If this is the if this is the turn of the dollar strength, that'll be fabulous because it generally goes on for six. 12 months. So yeah, it's interesting times at the present moment in the likes of US dollar. And what do you think is kickstarting the US dollar? Because we've talked about it, you know, for the last year being on a little bit of a a downward spiral. They've obviously got Biden in the White House now. Is that the factor or is there other things at play here? There are some other factors in play, but the big one, the big one has to be just the changeover from Donald Trump into Biden. And that's, that's the big one there. So people are a little bit, a little bit more bullish on the likes of US dollar, creating jobs, stuff like that there. So it's a little bit in that sense, but in job sake, it's job status, unemployment is still soaring. It's not something that is, we can pinpoint and put our finger on and say, this is why, but it's about time. So let's see if this is a false dawn or if this is actually the beginning of it. But if it's the beginning of it, we should have a really nice run on this because as you know, dollar is the biggest currency in the world and it, it, we've had seven or eight months of just weakness on it. Okay, well, let's crack on with today's topic, which is indices. So interesting to know, obviously, 2020 was a sort of a, a topsy-turvy year and uh, the stock market was all over the place, but it ended up 13% higher up than it started the year with indexes such as, you know, the S&P 500 and others reaching all-time highs. There is also talk, though, that we're almost in bubble territory. So, oh, well, no, it's not that we're almost in bubble territory. We've been in bubble territory <laughs> be- be- before we had the pandemic, before we had the coronavirus drop. We were still in bubble territory. So <laughs> it, it is only it's only got more extended yet. There's a lot of analysts, there's a lot of people out there talking about a correction in the market. And uh, I actually had an argument with someone uh, on online there, uh, a friend of mine, we were chatting about whether a crash and she keeps using the word crash and I'm going stop using the word crash a crash is when the market has dropped over 50 percent whereas a correction is anything between 20 to 30 percent and that's that's exactly what we want in the market we need a correction whether it's going to happen now whether it's going to happen after the 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 stimulus package that comes in but we are due to get one whether it'll be in 2021 or whether it'll be in 2022 we don't know but we are due a correction yeah, historically, it's every is it eight years or 10 years that there's a, a big correction in the markets. We obviously had something similar to to this with um, the pandemic, but that was obviously due to kind of external factors rather than the yeah. markets themselves. 
Yeah, but that, what happened with the pandemic then is that it was bought. So this recovery was bought. It wasn't. It wasn't that the market recovered naturally itself. That it was. It was a stimulus package come in, and it was literally what two point one trillion was was put into the U.S. market, and that's why you've had the U.S. market turn, and that's why the S and P was up thirteen percent last year, which is which is a phenomenal return. Okay, well, let's go to topic one then, which is the China fifty. So this is basically a a pan-China stock market index that represents the top 50 companies in the stock exchanges of Hong Kong, Shanghai, and Shenzhen. Yes, yeah, so this is this is something that is is very very similar to the likes of the the U.S. market. This has been trending absolutely beautifully. It has gone on from strength to strength. So we mentioned there earlier on that we had um, the S and P that that dropped, and then it ended up from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one. It ended up thirteen percent. If we look at the likes of the China fifty, it actually ended up thirty two percent higher year on year. So we're not even talking about from the drop of the the pandemic. We're talking from the beginning of January to the end of December. It's up 32%, which is phenomenal growth. It's one of the things that I say to my students is, did you did you end up higher than 32%? If you didn't, well, just buy one in the indices. <laughs> just something like this. Get, get in and stuff like that. This is passive income. Just hold on to it. Yeah, that's quite a surge it's had. And as you say, it's um, indices are good because they allow you to diversify across companies. Absolutely, absolutely. You, you, you just say you gum jump onto one of the ETFs there for the China 50 or, or or something like that. It means that you have effectively have fraction of all 50 of those companies. And it means that if, if one of the companies are doing badly, if all other 49 are doing well, it continues to grow. And it means that you need to know very, very little about individual stocks, but you actually are trading the market as one whole. So you're actually sort of trading the, the actual economy. On this podcast, you often talk about traders looking for correlations before they jump into a a trade or an investment. And with the China 50, it's quite interesting that they look for correlations with copper. Now, why would that be? If you look at it, China is one of the biggest mining companies of copper. So they're actually number three in the world. But if you have a look at it, they're actually the biggest users and consumers of, 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 of copper, which means then that the price of copper is massively correlated to the to the china economy so if china economy is going well they are buying up as much copper as they can get and and it's it's going like that so that's the idea so it's very very quickly we can have a look at copper and if copper is doing well china's doing well then everything is to be believed now obviously we have sort of gone on from there and it's much easier to get data and find out and source stuff and make sure that the 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 stuff that we're getting is relevant and it's on point but that's literally how it used to be years and years ago was we're looking at copper and if you look at copper copper's flying at the minute it's 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 literally the mirror of the china 50 yeah i was just looking at the uh, the price of copper and it really has flown this last year and if you look at the seasonality calendar, looking back over the last 10 years, is copper generally has a good February. Copper is generally up about just under 3% in the seasonality calendar in February. So that it's, it's all adding up to, yeah, having a nice, another nice run as well for this month. When we look at the China 50, obviously a huge portion of this is going to be down to the fact that they've recovered as a nation very quickly off the COVID 
Yeah, so that was that. That was one of the biggest things. See, China is very is very rich and poor. Okay, you're very very rich parts of China. You're very very poor parts of China. Now, what happened with China is they they op- they actually opened up their some of their cities uh, as early as March, which is phenomenal compared to we're still a year later. We're still still in lockdown. Now, if we look at who was affected badly about this, it was it was actually the poorer side of China that was massively massively um, hit with this, where we didn't have that with the the wealthier parts. Now, and if you look into this into a little more detail of why the likes of things have gone on so well, if you look at the the luxury companies that are, have moved into the Chinese market, and um, the Western brands ranging from fashion houses to car makers, they've reported double digits revenue in China in the second quarter, Q3, and also now into Q4. So they, they've had massive, massive growth in those areas. And it's not, it's not only in Western companies that have, have grown over there. It's always Chinese companies have grown as well. And uh, the, the thing we're looking for is, is this for to continue to grow. Now, at the moment, we're in a phase one. So I always talk about trading phase one and phase two. I'm just waiting for a phase two. If you're a technical trader, if you zoom out and have a look at it over the last year, put a trend line on it. I'm waiting for it to come back to that trend line. And if it comes back to that trend line, so it's the it's a, the line that'll be underneath. If it comes back to that trend line, for me, this looks like a, a pretty decent entry, and it's it's definitely something that's on my watch list at the moment. Just looking at the companies that make up the China 50, there's a lot of banks, insurance companies, energy providers. It kind of seems to be sort of the the traditional players. Um, obviously, there's a lot of technology coming out of China. So, wh- why is it the traditional players in it, not the kind of the, the newer brand of companies? That's the that's the financial hub. That's the, they're the companies that generally make up a good a good economy. And it's it's the same with China. There were there no there's no different. And that's that's where the financial sectors was where everything was built. And if we look into this, China's financial hub is getting stronger, getting bigger, it's getting better. If you look at the likes of the Chinese economy by 2028, there are supposed to be ahead of the US economy, which that means they would be the biggest economy in the world. So for me, this is only going to get bigger, stronger, better. Uh, and it's definitely something that we should be looking at long term if we're a long term trader. Okay, well, let's move on to topic two then, which is the UK 100 or the FTSE 100. As we said, strange old year with Brexit, the pandemic, and now obviously, hopefully, the, the vaccine coming into it. Um, how's it fared? <laughs> well, see, we never we never jumped in and we, we, we didn't buy ourselves a recovery. The difference between the likes of the S&P, the S&P was up 13%, whereas we look at the FTSE, the FTSE from the January 2020 to December 2020 was actually down 15%. If you look at the Nasdaq, the Nasdaq was up 46%. If you look at the China, China was up 32%. So we had we had the opposite effect. And you know, what I mean it's just partly down to is that we didn't we didn't actually manipulate the market like some of the some of these other countries did. But on the flip side of that, we will look at a lot of people who will say, well, isn't this massively undervalued? Isn't this a great time to actually jump in and, and buy the FTSE, isn't it? Look at it, look at it this way. It's the most un, one of the most undervalued indexes out there. Well, that's the classic, isn't it? Where all the, kind of the newer investors, especially, they get excited when a, a share or industry or whatever it happens to be, is, or crypto for that matter, is at its peak. They get, you know, there's a, a sudden rush. And then you're like, well, if you're excited about it now then you should have been excited about it when it was at, you know, a lower cost. 
Absolutely, absolutely, and that, and that's that's something that that people get in. People get caught up in fear of missing out and FOMO. But at the the present, with the likes of the 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 UK one hundred, we had a really really big spike after the vaccine came out on the first of November. That was a big jump, and we had we had a pretty big spike from there. But the problem with that then is, is that the rollout hasn't been good enough. You have then the argument going on between Europe and with the likes of UK with the, with the vaccines, whether what's going on. So that's, that, that's the difference there with that. And in the same way that we looked at the China 50 and what companies made that up, just looking at the FTSE 100. So again, as you say, you know, the traditional players, the banks, the insurance companies, um, there's also a lot of retail in there as well, which has obviously had a, a difficult time. There's the likes of JD Sports in there and others. Well, the thing with the likes of the FTSE is FTSE is 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 being made up by some companies that are, have done extremely well and some companies that haven't done well at all. So you have the likes of airlines haven't haven't done well at all. We have we have a few of those in the likes of the, the FTSE 100. But then on the back of it, then we have the likes of the vaccines coming out, and we had a massive spike on travel. We had a massive spike on that over that particular time. But if we look a little bit broader, we have the likes of the Just Eats of this world, the likes of the Glencore. Now I, I'm in Glencore myself and my Glencore position is, is up over 100% since the, the bottom of the pandemic so the likes of these have gone on from strength to strength so there, there are some very very good industries in the likes of the FTSE now you have a lot of people out there like we talked about is the undervalued where people will look at the likes of the TUI the looks of the easy jets the looks at the likes of the Ryanairs of this world and they will go yeah but the problem is with jumping in on those you have to sit and you will have to sit in those for a little while yeah, and you know, looking at the the makeup of the FTSE 100, as we say, the beauty of an indice is the fact that there's diversification. You know, it has a BP, which obviously struggled a lot with people not driving, traveling, and all the others. So oil prices all over the shop. But on the other side, they have an AstraZeneca, which yeah. is you know has unbelievable potential. Why would a company choose to be listed on the FTSE 100 or UK 100 over, say, an American equivalent or European equivalent? It, it comes down to one, tax, and then two, it comes down to sexiness. <laughs> it's right, some of some of these indices are a little more sexy. You have the likes of Royal Dutch Shell, which should be in the Dutch indice, but per here in the UK. So it comes down to it comes down to prestigious. It comes down to being in a, a more lucrative indice than one that is not. Okay, well, let's move on to the third topic then, which is the NASDAQ. So Nasdaq is notorious for having a lot of tech stocks. Um, you've already mentioned about Neo being on there. You've also got the likes of Tesla and others. Um, yeah. So how has Nasdaq fared in comparison to the, the UK 100 and China 50? Well, look, the Nasdaq has been up 45% this year. So it, it, it's literally gone on from strength to strength. And even, even in 2021, it's also gone on from strength to strength. So we had we had a really nice pullback over the last three days. And if you've been on the likes of the Tuesday webinar, stuff like that there, you would have seen some nice entries on it. And the good thing about the NASDAQ is when that pulls back, we know it's heavily on the likes of the tech sector. So we actually have loads of entries on the likes of the tech sector. If you have been following my trading or looking at my portfolio, see that I got into Etsy. Now I got stopped out of that, but then it took off. Uh, so the entry wasn't correct on that. Where I got into TTD, which is Trading Desk. And we're up slightly on that. Also then got in on the likes of um, Square Inc., 
now we're up quite handsomely on that one at the present moment. So there's once the pullback on the Nasdaq happens, it means that we can then go into the rest of the, the stocks in there and actually just go hunting for our entries. And that's the beauty of, of keeping an eye on the likes of the, the, the indices. At the same time, though, you mentioned it before that the US markets in particular have been propped up with this uh, stimulus package. And so yeah. there is always the watch out that things might not be continuously going to be hitting an all time high. But but the thing about it is that if if you get a pullback on the likes of the Nasdaq and the, and the S&P, that will generally have a knock on effect across the globe. Okay, so it also means that you'll have it on the UK 100. It means that you'll have it on the Spanish 50, the French CAC, the German DAX. It means that you will have that sell-off across all markets. It's it's one of those things. But yes, we are massively, massively overinflated. And if you're watching the likes of Bloomberg's of this world, which I don't massively recommend people do, <laughs> because one minute you'll have an analyst to say, yes, it's bullish. Two minutes later, you'll have an analyst to come on and say, it's no, it's negative. And whichever one is correct, they'll bring them back a couple of hours later. But the, the idea is, is that we, we keep an ear, we keep an eye out. We keep, uh, we're, not, we're, not, we're not silly people. We're all educated out there. And we know by looking at the charts, it is massively overextended. And we will get a pullback. But whether the pullback will be this year or whether it'll be next year, trade what you see. When we talked about the China 50, we said how it was correlated to copper. So what would um, investors be looking out for for the correlation with the NASDAQ? See, the NASDAQ doesn't really correlate with stuff like that there. But a lot of people think that the jobs data in the U.S., is linked to the likes of the, the, the NASDAQ, the S&P, any of those. And it's not. It literally comes down to how investors are at this present moment. And at the moment, investors are very bullish. We have stimulus packages coming in and we would expect it to continue going. But like anything, it, it goes up like a stairs. It comes down like an elevator. So once that elevator starts coming down, don't be afraid to click the X button and jump out of your trades and then buy back up once it hits that floor, once, once everyone starts stepping out of the elevator. So at the beginning of this podcast, we mentioned that a lot of analysts are saying that we could potentially be in a bubble. And so what's your thoughts on that situation? Well, for me, I'm someone who will read technical analysis. So as long as the charts are making higher highs and higher lows, I will continue trading this long. But once the chart starts making lower highs and lower lows, that is the first indication to me that the bend at the end is about to happen. And if that happens, then I'm out of the market till I start seeing higher highs again. So it literally, that's, that's the way I see it is it's making sure that we have the trend, we have cyclicity there. And once that happens, I will continue trading it long. But once we start seeing lower highs and lower lows, that's when I'm looking to jump out. Great. Well, thanks for that. That's it for this week's podcast. Just before we wrap up, do you think there's anything else that people should be watching? Yeah, the one, the one, the big one to be watching now is US dollar. Is is this a false breakout or is this now the beginning of that dollar strength? And if it's the beginning of the dollar strength, we have we have a lot of we have a lot of upside on this. Great. Well, if anyone wants to learn more about the markets, then they can visit eToro Trading School, which has various market watch webinars and trading courses. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this week's podcast. We look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.